Hi, I'm Caroline Yoder. And I'm Cameron Hilt. Welcome to A Virtual View, where we talk about healthcare, telehealth, and everything in between. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this conversation that we had with Carol Lawler, who is the director at Health Communications Research Center and also hosts her own podcast called Telehealth Unmuted. We're on this show today to talk about both of our podcasts and how they came to be really kind of getting into that origin story. But before we even do that, I want to kind of zoom out a little bit and ask both of you to kind of talk about your role within your organization and then the purpose of your show and talk about how you created the show. Yes, my name is Cameron Hilt, and I serve as the program director for the Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center with the Indiana Rural Health Association. In addition to that, I also serve as the program director for the Crossroads Partnership for Telehealth, which is focused on implementing telebehavioral health and teleneurology services in rural hospitals across the state of Indiana. And I'll go ahead and let Caroline introduce herself. Yeah, so I am Caroline Yoder. I'm a project coordinator at the Indiana Rural Health Association, and I work on two different grants, the Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center, which is the grant that our podcast is with, and then also the Indiana Rural Opioid Consortium, which we do a lot of work with ending stigma associated with substance abuse, how we can lower the rates of overdose and substance abuse. When I came on to the IRHA, I was brought on as a contract employee. I was mostly working on creative endeavors. So I am not from the healthcare world at all. I studied illustration and graphic design in college. I went to art school. So I came on and originally Becky's dream was to start a podcast. She had been wanting to do that for a long time. But a lot of other things got in the way, like COVID and having to do virtual events and having to do webinars and different things like that. And so my job had kind of shifted into a realm of, I guess, video producer. I had learned how to produce and edit videos and worked on that for a while. And then we decided, you know what? No, we're going to like get this podcast going and we're going to do this. So I did some research in the podcast realm and Becky and I decided we're just going to do it. We're just going to start, figure it out as we go. We had several different iterations and issues, but we basically, we just started out with the different grants in the IRHA so that we could work with people we already knew. And in January, we'll be going on our second year. Wow. So it started in 2020. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Because it was started in December of 2020. Wow. Okay. That that is so cool. Two years. Are you gonna have a birthday party for your show? We really should. Just yeah. get cake for us. That's enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I have a couple of questions. I so you came from a creative, you know, career, Caroline. You came from, you know, a creative background. How do you think that's informed the development of your show? I think when we started the show, it was a very good combination between Becky and I because Becky knew all the stuff about telehealth and healthcare. And so she did a great job as the host there being able to help determine guests and questions and, and ways to guide conversations. But as far as an editing aspect, 
um, and a content aspect that wasn't something that she was as familiar with. And so being from that creative background, being able to take into consideration what marketing looks like, what editing looks like. And so I was able to like allow that to also guide kind of what direction we were going in and what made sense as a podcast. You know, for a lot of us that are in the medical field, whether it be public health or an actual healthcare provider, you know, some of these different avenues in order to be able to provide education really are a pipe dream, unless you have people that really know how to make something like this work. And so, you know, the UMTRC has been very fortunate to have staff members that have been able to, you know, make an idea a reality because at least so Becky and myself, both of us come from a healthcare background. Neither one of us, you know, had the ability to really know how to like edit video and content. And so, you know, being able to have those resources available was really, really influential and powerful in order to, you know, make a virtual view a reality. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's really cool to see that combination of, you know, healthcare subject matter expertise and then people who are, you know, c- creatives, right, that are that are storytellers that are able to are trained and knowledgeable about how to take data and how to take this information and communicate it in an effective way, right? Because you can have the best information in the world and if you don't have the proper strategy, it's going to fall short, right? It's a missed opportunity. And so what a gift to have someone like Caroline on your team to, to really leverage, leverage your um, impact. Absolutely. Cool. And, you know, that's even, you know, part of the reasons why we wanted to do a collaborative podcast with Telehealth Unmuted is, you know, it's really difficult to be able to condense things like telehealth, virtual care, and a wide variety of different issues in healthcare, and, you know, be able to deliver it in a digestible format for people to be able to listen to, be able to learn from. And frankly, there's just way too much out there. There's way too many topics, way too many, you know, applications for, you know, one podcast to say, you know, we've covered it all. So, you know, really a collaboration between Telehealth Unmuted and a virtual view was something that we got really excited about because, you know, it introduces different topics that maybe our listeners maybe aren't getting from us, but may be able to get from you and also vice versa, just because there's so much out there and it's so difficult to cover all of it. Also, just to even have expertise in those areas is so difficult. And so we are very excited about being able to do more episodes like this and are thankful for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So Kara, tell us a little bit about Telehealth Unmuted and how you know the podcast started for you. Yeah, definitely. So I so I was on the team helping with Heartland's communication strategies for a while. And kind of similar to what Caroline said, we were able to get COVID supplemental funding this past year during the pandemic. And we're really just deciding what to do with that funding and, and how to really create impact in the world. And, and for me, you know, we were saying before subject matter experts and then, you know, creative storytellers. I came from a journalism background, right? I came from a journalism background and an advertising background. 
And, you know, it's been really interesting to see how I can use that skill set in, in the world of public health and healthcare and how it kind of permeates into what I do in my job for my different clients. And so as we were brainstorming ideas, you know, I had a background in interviewing, I had a background in reporting, you know, audio even, and just love the world of um, audio and video storytelling, right? And so I pitched it to the team because I saw a tremendous opportunity to really spread the word about telehealth and telemedicine in a digestible way, like you said. And so they were on board. We were very fortunate to be able to use our funding to kickstart the show. And, you know, kind of the rest is history. It really took off from there. But the goal of Telehealth Unmuted is to bring on various subject matter experts, you know, even outside of the world of traditional public health, right, to talk about how telehealth touches their practices, right? So I've had art therapists come on. I've had, you know, tech gurus, people who've created apps, right, psychologists. You know, I've had prediabetes experts, for, you know, pre-diabetes management software. The goal is to bring in people also that you wouldn't necessarily associate immediately with telehealth, right? And hear their stories. And so it's just been such, such a cool process. And I've just really, I've really loved the journey and I'm really excited for what's ahead. So why do you feel like a podcast is a good way to disseminate information? Ooh, that's a really good question. Especially um, so all of us as TRCs, you know, we're developing, you know, webinars, different trainings that we do. So uh, just curious from your perspective, you know, what were some of the reasons that you felt offering it in this format would be helpful for listeners? Yeah, I think there's a couple main reasons that come to mind. The first is that when we're looking at communication strategies, podcasting has become extremely popular. It's trending. People listen to them all the time. It's now common for people instead to say, did you read that article to say, did you listen to that podcast, right? And I don't know about you, but I get people sending me links all the time to <laughs> different episodes of, I think it's a really great platform. I think people are using it. And I think if we are going to be talking about technology and the importance of technology in healthcare, right, with telehealth, telemedicine, why are we not using technology to to storytell and to advertise telehealth and telemedicine, right? And so I think it was it was an obvious choice in that way. I also think it's really a great way to humanize medicine. I think sometimes we get intimidated by, you know, terminology that's scientific or <laughs> research-based, right? We might undermine ourselves like, oh, I don't have a medical degree, therefore I can't possibly understand you know, whatever, whatever it is, right? So I think having these real people who are experts come onto the show and to talk about the nuances of their area of practice in a way that's digestible and easy and relaxed, that gives the general audience an opportunity to learn and to understand something that they probably were maybe too intimidated to learn or didn't think they could understand. And so part of this is, I think, the empowerment that we can give the general public because ultimately, you know, knowledge is power, right? And, and healthcare is a really important part of our lives. And so meeting them where they're at and empowering them to understand is a really important goal. And what better way than in a podcast? When you said like a relaxed format, you know, that's one of the first things that I think of. I mean, especially with the pandemic, all of us are just used to webinars and 
used to logging into those and they're fantastic, but, you know, people learn in a variety of different ways and, you know, being able to offer a podcast offers a different avenue in order for people to learn as well as, you know, a, I know this has got to be huge for a lot of people because it is for me. It's also nice that you can just listen to a podcast and do something else. <laughs> you know, it's it's something you can listen to on your phone. You can literally be doing anything and be listening to a podcast as well as, you know, you get different content out of a speaker. If they did a webinar, you know, they'll talk about certain things, but you can also just pull different content from that subject matter expert in a podcast where you get to just have a dialogue. And so, you know, being able to offer it in that format and to be able to, you know, be able to pull different information from the guests that we have on our show, that's maybe a little bit different than they just did a presentation with us, I think has been really valuable. And one of the main reasons we really wanted to, you know, continue to offer content in this format moving forward. Accessibility is huge, right? And I think having the opportunity to get information in a casual, relaxed setting, right, when you're driving or exercising or whatever it is, is really, really nice. And I think increases the chances of people actually seeking out the information since it's coming to them easily. Podcasts are just really fun. Like Kim was saying, like you can really almost get to know someone better or in a different way than you would if you were just listening to them give a presentation. You know, like if I'm giving a presentation, I'm like, okay, it's going to be perfect. And I'm in front of a ton of people and I'm going to do this very professional performance. But a podcast is just allowing people to be able to talk and share what information that they have. So yeah, Carol, like you were saying, it really humanizes it and it really makes it more accessible. And I think also it kind of has an element of telehealth in it. Like if we're going to be promoting telehealth and think that this is a viable way to share information, surprise, podcasting is like a weird, long, store and forward telehealth appointment. Telehealth is a way that you can share information, get the help that you need. Sometimes, like I said, it's in a store and forward format where you are recording your vitals saving them and sending them on to someone that can help you understand that. And so like kind of similarly, this is a method of being able to preserve and store information that allows different individuals to be able to learn and interpret that information. So I think it'd be kind of remiss to miss out on that part of telehealth there too. Wow. Yes, you're right. We are practicing telehealth right now like that's just this is getting to be more and more of like an inception we're basically <laughs> doctors i want to know in your experience what has been the most satisfying part of this journey and maybe what's been the most challenging part of this journey i think challenging definitely was figuring out a workflow that made sense i'm from an arts background so i have kind of an idea but also I wasn't an audio producer that was actually more of my husband's thing so he was a great resource in that and actually now my husband works for the IRHA and edits the podcasts because I didn't like it very much and then I got a new position and so he came on and now he does it which is great for me and great for him because he loves it but he is just a valuable resource 
And so, you know, he didn't work there at the time. So it's like, hey, Tristan, help me. And he's like, look up A, B, and C. And so I'd be like, okay, bye. So being able to like figure these things out and figure out what technology works and like, oh, we used this software and two months in, we've realized it has too many failures or like, oh, we're going to use these mics and then like, mm, didn't sound good or oh, oops, we accidentally lost audio. Now we're going to have to re-record. What do we do to fix that problem? So I think definitely that those first six months of like me one, learning how to produce audio and learning how to edit it. Cause that was something that I'd never done before. I'm very like proud to say that I figured that out. Like I was like, I, you know, I am no master producer by any means. However, I'm not the worst and I did it by myself. So that's cool. Second of all, like just being able to figure out what worked best. And I think that is like another re really rewarding part is within a year, I gained a new skill and I was able to kind of take this idea that someone had had and really valued. And I was able to put in some research and some hard work and figuring out how to make that person's dream come a reality, which I think like as an artist, that is often something that is our end goal or care, as you were saying, like, in this journalism and advertising, like a lot of times you're talking to people and they're, you know, spilling their heart and they're saying like, this is all of these things I believe in. And I need you to just really put it out there so that other people believe in it too. And you're able to just take these pieces and put them together and turn them into something beautiful that means a lot to people. So I think that was a very, very rewarding part of this podcast. And then just getting to like, listen to new and interesting people. I was learning how to edit this podcast, but this was also kind of a way that I was beginning to learn about healthcare. And so being able to edit these podcasts, listen to these individuals, network with these individuals, and slowly learn more about things like telepharmacy. I didn't know telepharmacy existed. It's super cool. We have an episode on it. You should go listen to it. Just different, really cool stuff that I just had no idea was a thing. And so it was kind of also, you know, you were saying like podcasts are a great way to learn. I was also kind of learning even though it was half of my podcast. <laughs> you kind of reminded me of something that my co-producer, you know, told me early in planning our show. And it is that the audience is listening to the podcast through your lens because you are kind of dictating the line of questioning. And so you have to operate as your audience when you're interviewing people and pinpointing what you think your audience is going to want to know based on their responses. So you're not only anticipating what you're curious about, but you're also thinking for the broader, you know, group that's going to be listening to this later. And it's a very interesting concept to think about, but I think he was absolutely right. And I think, like you said, one of the really obvious outcomes of this that I didn't necessarily think would happen is just learning, you know, in real time as both myself and as this, you know, future audience member for each episode. I think there's so much content that, that you, you know, absorb kind of subconsciously because you're facilitating the interview, but also, you know, intentionally to be able to pre-research and, and structure the interview. So there's a lot of joy in that journey that I think people don't realize about, you know, being a host and being a producer is that you're also learning. I think what was, what has been the most challenging to me has been that 
I have never produced a podcast before. So I had a tremendous learning curve. And in a lot of ways, I think I was humbled because like I said, I came from a journalism background. I had a background in interviewing. I was like, I got this. This is natural for me. You know, I'm a theater kid. I did years of performance. I'm like, I'm great. This will be fine. Right. And I had a real rude awakening in the beginning because the type of questioning and interview strategies that I learned in journalism school are not always applied in the podcasting world. In fact, you actually have to remove a lot of your preconceived notions in order to do an effective job. So I almost had to like start it zero and then work my way back up. So that was very humbling. And I think too, with that, each of my episodes, hopefully, have improved and built upon the others. After each episode is released, I review and critique, you know, my line of questioning, the way I structured it. And I make notes for the next go around with my co-producer. And so we're, we're kind of building off of each one and hopefully progressing, you know, in a linear direction upward. And so that is also the most satisfying piece because there's something really gratifying about coming a long way. And I think our show definitely has and hopefully will continue to. And so in the same way that it's hard and you're always kind of re redirecting your focus and then changing things in real time, it's also very satisfying to see how those little changes benefit the show and benefit your product. I hope in a year, the episodes I'm recording now, I can identify, oh, wow, okay, we've come a long way, right? And so I do think there's merit in doing show notes. However, you know, also give yourself credit because it's meant to be evolving. It's meant to be in flux. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. It, Like back to this idea of humanism, like we are creating this thing and we're evolving with the show. We're growing with the show and with whatever's going on in our lives as we're producing it. And so it is also, you know, an archive of, of you and then you're you know, your career as you continue to go. And then it's forever documented on Spotify. So we can always go back and look. I feel like you never get used to hearing your voice recorded. It's like, no matter what you listen to it and you're like, I sound like that. (laughs) Why do I sound like that? In my head, my voice is different or that came across differently, but then you listen to it. And it, like you said, it's, forever on Spotify. And you're like, why do I sound like that? (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the goals for your podcast in this coming year? Oh, yes, we are. We are fast approaching 2022, aren't we? For this upcoming year, I, you know, kind of like I said before, I want to continue to evolve. I want to continue to improve. I want to continue to find some really great guests to come on, you know, and to touch different areas of healthcare. Coming up, I'm hoping to record an episode with a member of the tribal health community. And I think that's going to be really cool. Just really finding those opportunities wherever they're available. So honestly, just kind of keeping on with what I'm what I'm currently doing. What about you all? We are a podcast that talks about telehealth. And sometimes that means touching on some issues that may be wouldn't be just solely telehealth, but these issues impact telehealth specifically. And so one of the main pushes that we want for this next year is to be able to have content specific to health equity and how does telehealth ultimately either improve 
some of those issues, those particular patient demographics face, or does it worsen those things? And so how do you overcome those barriers if you see that there's there's a huge digital divide or you see that certain uh, patient demographics have poor health outcomes and how can telehealth ultimately be utilized to meet those needs? Something as simple as what does healthcare look like for the homeless? Well, that is something that's really important. And that is something that as people that value other people, what are we doing to take care of them? Well, that's also something that relates to telehealth. Or what does it look like to create equity in the sense of equal access to care? Not everyone can drive an hour. Well, that's also telehealth. So what are these different facets that we can kind of bring to our audience that maybe don't look like telehealth at first, but being able to kind of make those connections and show why telehealth can be a really important tool to reach health equity. So that's that's one area that we really want to focus on for our podcast this coming year, being able to have guests, both telehealth experts and virtual care experts, but also having experts from other fields of study or from other backgrounds that we can kind of help make the connection between what they're an expert on and how does this impact telehealth or inform how we should be providing these services in the future. It's awesome. Yeah, health equity is huge. And I think it's only going to continue to be important. And I think using our platforms to be able to talk about health equity is really important. And so that that's awesome. I think sometimes when we say telehealth or telemedicine, it just feels too cerebral. People are like, what does that even mean, right? And, and what does that even look like? And how does that even touch my life? And they might assume that it doesn't. But the truth is it's everywhere because kind of the, 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 the reason that it exists is for access, is for reaching more people, right? And with health equity, there's a lack of access, that is why there's inequity because there is a population that needs to be reached that's not being reached, which is why we even have to talk about this at all and work on this at all is because it's not happening, right? And so where does where does this where does access where 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 is access needed and, and how does telehealth kind of step onto the stage, right? So I, I think you're you're right. And I think really synthesizing it down and, and taking even away some of that jargon is is part of how we're going to give it meaning to people who are not coming from the public health community, right? How do you define telemedicine or telehealth to those who have never heard it before and connect it to their lives? Yeah, and I think one of the things that will be beneficial from a telehealth resource standpoint is we'll be engaging with some people that maybe wouldn't naturally engage with us. So because maybe they're not a healthcare provider or they may not be part of the medical field at all, but being able to connect with these individuals from other areas to be able to learn from them, also to be able to educate them on telehealth as well. So it kind of opens up a little bit more opportunities for us as a telehealth resource center to also to educate others, but also to educate ourselves. There's lots 
for us to learn, lots for us to be able to provide for our listeners, but ultimately it helps with our, also our own personal growth and the types of services that we're able to provide for other people. So, you know, we, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but we're here today because we want to collaborate and we want to have this be something that we do and carry out into the new year with future crossover episodes. And I think it's really important to mention that both of our organizations are part of the National Consortium of Telehealth Resource Centers, which spans across the United States. Really cool. And, you know, as we're talking about the the pursuit of knowledge and the, the access of information, we wanted to take this opportunity to plug a really great opportunity that is coming this upcoming February. Our teams are working in collaboration with the National Telehealth Technology Assessment Resource Center, TTAC, and the National Consortium of Telehealth Resource Centers to present Building Tomorrow's Virtual Healthcare with Today's Technology, uh, a national virtual technology showcase. And that's going to be happening this upcoming Groundhog Day. It will be a two-day event, February 2nd and 3rd. Mark your calendars. And we will be featuring several telemedicine use case scenarios where patients, caregivers, and providers can present virtual care models such as emergency services, behavioral health, school-based care, remote patient monitoring, and direct-to-consumer patient care. And as an attendee, you'll have the opportunity to discuss various telehealth technologies with the vendors themselves. They will be on hand to answer questions. We're going to have some really great keynotes. Some very famous people in the field are going to be coming in to talk about telehealth. And um, as part of that uh, use case roster, Heartland Telehealth Resource Center and Great Plains are going to be working together to do a use case on behavioral health care and highlight how mobile technologies can build bridges beyond the health center. So really great opportunity there. And Cam, do you want to kind of talk about your use case? Absolutely. So the Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center is partnering with the Northeast Telehealth Resource Center. And our use case will be focused on remote patient monitoring. And so we will give a little bit of information about remote patient monitoring, what are some of the outcomes you would expect, as well as have a, a simulated patient and provider interaction. It's going to be epic. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, you guys should really just put this on your calendars. It's going to be a super fun event. It's going to be just a great time where we're able to just learn. And you know, we were just talking about collaboration. This is a large event that is just all collaboration. The NCTRC is just collaboration. So it's a great way to get to know a lot of the different TRCs and also just get some new information on upcoming telehealth technology. But yeah, Kara, thank you so much. This was so fun. And I'm so glad that we all got to just like hang out and talk and club. Thank you so much for having me. And this has been a blast. I'm really excited for what's ahead. And it just gave me a lot of hope and pride for the work that we've done and will continue to do. So thanks for, thanks for having me today. I want to thank you for listening to A Virtual View. I've been your host, Caroline Yoder. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes below. If you would like to support our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Do you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss? If so, contact us at info at umtrc.org or through the form found in the show notes. 
Also, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Tristan Yoder. Finally, a special thanks to the Health Resources and Service Administration, also known as HRSA. Our podcast series, A Virtual View, is sponsored in part by HRSA's Telehealth Resource Center program, which is under HRSA's Office of the Administrator and the Office for the Advancement of Telehealth. The content and conclusions of this podcast are those of Caroline Yoder and Cameron Hiltz of the UMTRC and should not be construed as the official policy of or the position of, nor should any endorsements be inferred by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. Thanks for listening and have a great day.